It's time for Better Taiwan. Stories and discussions on how Taiwan reacts, combats the response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. With a look at how Taiwan can help now and in post-COVID-19 world. Hi, I'm Joey, and this is another episode of Better Taiwan, where we talk about the impact of COVID-19 on the livelihood of the people on this island and what we're doing to overcome these obstacles and difficulties. Today, we speak with Minister Without Portfolio, Audrey Tang Tangfeng, who's joined us here on the show. As former software programmer, now turned digital minister of Taiwan, her main missions are to, one, make our government more transparent, two, to assist in not just industrial innovation, but also social innovation, and three, to encourage more public engagement. Taiwan has maintained relative success in our fight against COVID-19. Many would accredit this to the painful experiences that we learned back in 2003 from the SARS epidemic. This time, we mobilized better, we were better informed, and our public is more cooperative. So, Minister, would you, however, uh, argue that maybe this time around, we also had more competent leadership to help our, organize ourselves against COVID-19? Well, actually, I would say some of the same leaders, like Dr. Chen Jianren, yeah. matured over the 17 <laughs> years. <laughs> and... And also, I, I mean, he's uh, academician, I mean, the epidemiologist, yes. and at the time, our vice president. Yes. And, and still, he is very humble. Everybody mm -hmm. knows about that. Uh, recorded a crash course uh, on Hahao. Uh, I think 20,000 uh, 20, uh, participants uh, attended a crash course the mm -hmm. first day, uh, yes. myself included. Um, and so it strikes me that uh, because our top epidemiology expert, incidentally, is our vice president, yeah, there's right. no need, as with SARS. Uh, that they need to convince the political leader because he is the political leader now. Okay, so in a sense, you would argue that we may have gotten a little lucky that everything came together in just mm -hmm. the right way from the public's growing awareness for information transparency to the right people leading in the right positions. Of course, the technology is also very different compared to 17 years ago. As the country's digital mm -hmm. minister, Minister Tang, you're at the helm of many apps, softwares, platforms to help fight against COVID-19. Can you tell us about some of these projects? Sure. So uh, my main contribution is that when there are new social innovations, that is to say, when a bunch of people from Tainan made a map uh, that showed the availability of masks based on crowd reporting, uh, they uh, showed uh, nearby places to collect masks. And I showed mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. um, with this very iPad uh, uh, to the premier. And so okay. when they could not afford to pay the Google Place API usage fee um, and had to close that after just running for two days, uh, the premier, after seeing this idea, understood the importance of it and said that we must mobilize our state resources to keep this young person's idea floating. And he's in Tainan. He never visited Taipei. He never had to do a single face-to-face -face meeting. We just decided that it's like reverse procurement. The social sector has this great idea mm -hmm. and the state must work to make it happen. Right. Well, COVID-19 has a lot of negative impacts, but good practices of digital democracy, I think that's what we can call mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. such as these, are the silver linings. Do you see any other situations where we may potentially benefit from a post-COVID-19 environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, the mask dedication system that we wrote, yes. some people refer it as uh, mask 4.0. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with people calling it that. Uh, as of today, um, there's more than uh, 5 million medical masks 
being dedicated by people who um, did not collect these masks, but instead offer it for international humanitarian assistance. That's right. uh, 659,000 citizens, and around half of them uh, revealed their, na their name, myself included. Mm -hmm. And That's so right. it's not the Taiwan government donating the mask, it's the Taiwan government and the citizens uh, dedicating the mask to the international frontline workers. And after um, the Taiwan quality of medical mask uh, gets uh, approved and have a international credit, uh, we're now also exporting this whole manufacturing line. So anywhere in the world, if you give us, uh, and really our economic sector, uh, a parcel of land, some electricity and water supply, they'll happily transfer their know-how to your local technologists so that you can also churn out two million masks per day, 24 hours a day on N95 or R95. And so um, basically having this idea of made in Taiwan being re uh, renewed uh, attention in the international stage, I think is what uh, the silver lining is for, for COVID because people now understand that Taiwan is the place not only with very good digital models, but also mm -hmm. with ex excellent manufacturing smart machinery capabilities. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned something that I think people didn't previously know about Taiwan, which is that we have a lot of exceptional programmers on this island. A lot of our college graduates uh, end up working for, say, now very successful startup companies in the Silicon Valley. Do you see this becoming a new soft power of Taiwan that the world is starting to learn about? Yeah, because uh, a lot of the... Um ideas around our social innovation are open source. The masked maps, the, the top two maps uh, at the moment mm -hmm. are open source. So people in South Korea, for example, use that to convince their government to publish the API, the application programming interface of the mass storage, essentially pointing at the Taiwan model and telling their uh, municipalities and the central government to follow the Taiwan model closely. And of course, the first running mass map in Korea is from uh, Kyung, Jiang Minzong, uh, who is in Tainan. I think he doesn't speak uh, Korean language, but nevertheless <laughs> contributed to the, the uh, healthcare, uh, public health efforts there. So yeah, I think this international solidarity is unprecedented. Okay. Uh, we run a, a hackathon called cohack.tw, a lot of privacy enhancing technologies that make sure that people keep their digital diaries, but do not share it uh, to any cloud service, but rather work directly with contact tracers to divulge the absolutely necessary information with a compromise in the privacy of others. Uh, that, again, is a really good idea that came out of the coronavirus mm -hmm. hackathon, cohack.tw. Okay, so you're a known advocate of e-governance, and for those of us who are not entirely familiar with the term, myself included, could you give us a brief definition of e-governance and what headways we have made in this sector? Well, nowadays, we, we, we just call it a national participation platform. We, we never... Um, like the, the E prefix so much. Uh, it used to be called a national E participation platform. But, okay. you know, nowadays I just say, you know, I'll mail you. And I mean email. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I want to say post office mail, I would have said that, right? Yeah. So yep. I, I, think, I think that's kind of the point. Uh, it, it's uh, the mainstreaming of digital competence. People not afraid of the digital tools. They choose the mm -hmm. right tools to amplify their voices, to participate in democracy more, knowing fully that no matter how remote you are, even on the topmost uh, point in Taiwan, almost 4,000 meters, you're guaranteed to have 10 megabits per second at 16 US dollars per month, unlimited 4G connection. <laughs> if you don't, it's my fault. And so it's weaving <laughs> the digital into the everyday culture and people taking advantage of uh, heavily connected 
uh, society to contribute in massive listening at scale, that is uh, digital governance. And sometimes we just drop the digital. Maybe in 10 years, we'll have no digital minister. We'll have a one analog minister because every other minister is digital. <laughs> Uh, and now, final question for you, Minister. National oh. Development Council has been working in close relations with us, ICRT, to help Taiwan become a bilingual nation by 2030. I understand that uh, when you first traveled abroad all by yourself uh, to connect with programmers from around the world, you only had a basic yeah. grasp of the English language at first. But as our listeners can hear now that you are very articulate in the English language, how did you learn English? I know. Um, so I know basic programming vocabulary, mm -hmm. but most of my um, conversational vocabulary came from a game called Magic the Gathering, which I'm pretty good at uh, at one time. <laughs> uh, and so um, the, my, my basic vocabulary are actually very difficult words like annul or abeyance, or these are just real card names. Yes. Uh, and, and so, so these are my first um, um, English vocabulary, and uh, okay. they're set in particular cultures in fantasy land or in real land and myth land and things like that. So my vocabulary expands whenever there's a new expansion. Well, I agree. As someone who dabbles in tabletop games such as Dungeons and Dragons, I agree that fantasy fiction vocabulary is definitely very difficult to get a hang of. I know. And if you can manage that, you, then you can pretty much manage anything. Of course, it's also important to start with an interest that gives you motivation to learn any language, really. Uh, well, Minister yes. Tang, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to chat with you. Thank you for all you've done for Taiwan, and thank you for joining us here on Better Taiwan. Uh, and thank you for the great interview, uh, Live Long and Plus. Join us again next time for more on Taiwan's fight against the COVID-19 pandemic with Better Taiwan on ICRT. Or go check out the Better Taiwan podcast, available on all the best podcast platforms.